saying that uh, a student, uh, we go into another nation, we teach them, we come back to America, and we don't know the impact. I was telling, uh, I was telling them in my office that in 1982, when I got saved, Royal Rangers attributed to 80% of the Assemblies of God growth. What if 40 years later, what if, what if, folks, 40 years later, Thailand's just getting started from where we were. And we know that in church it goes up and it goes down. But I'm glad to say, Gary, I appreciate the commanders and the people who kept it going. We never gave up on Royal Rangers. We don't ever plan to. Lots of young men came up through this church in Royal Rangers. Lots of other young men will and are. And I'm glad we didn't give up on Royal Rangers. And wait till you see what God's about to do. Would you help me welcome Pastor Jeremiah as he comes? International Royal Rangers. He and his wife Heather and his family were missionaries in the Caribbean. Give him an Ozark welcome. Come on, a real Ozark welcome. He's back. God bless you, my friend. Well, good morning. Good morning, Pastor Ron. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you and uh, to be uh, sharing in this uh, service this morning. It's a great honor to be be with you, um, and uh, I hope you're you're excited to be here too. Thank you, all three of you. Praise the Lord. It's wonderful. Uh, it's it's good to be here. And uh, I saw my friend John this morning. Uh, we we met at at the Hy-Vee and have had you know we had a good conversation and I tell you it's it's nice when you uh, you see a smiling face and someone you know and, and I told him I said I'm gonna be there in a couple of weeks he said I'll be there and he's here and uh, it's good to see you my friend and uh, to all of you it is good to be with you my wife Heather is here and uh, we have two boys Scotty and Robbie they are uh, not here we we attend uh, praise assembly on the north side. Uh, and and they are working this morning in kids' church and other areas, and so we we uh, uh, went the old divide and conquer route. Okay, it's nice uh, when your kids reach the point that they can drive themselves. Hallelujah! Except when an insurance bill shows up, you're going, "Oh Lord, what did I ask for?" Uh, but no, uh, it is a great privilege to, to serve the Lord and serve in missions. Uh, as Pastor said, we uh, we are, are missionaries with Royal Rangers International. Uh, actually, as of this year, we're the directors of Royal Rangers International. And, and a great honor to serve our, our missionary family here and around the world uh, in this ministry. Uh, we began our missions journey in, in Southern Caribbean, in Curacao. Any of y'all ever heard of Curacao? How many of y'all heard about it on Wheel of Fortune? How many of y'all heard about it? Because your crews went there. Yeah, some of you no, some did it. Uh, some, uh, uh, you know, it's it's interesting when you go and and, uh, uh, and and depending on where you know folks heard about it, uh, it was a wonderful place to serve. Uh, it's a little hard to convince people that the Lord has called you to the Caribbean, but someone's got to tell them about Jesus. Amen, amen. And uh, as we worked there to help strengthen the Rangers, we reached a point where Assemblies of God World Mission said, "You've done what we sent you to do." And now we're a part of uh, international ministries, which it's nine ministries that are, are centrally located but work around the world. Royal Rangers International, we work in nearly every region of the world. And uh, they said, we want you to, to come back here so you can work worldwide. And so some folks, you know, they said, well, are you really a missionary? Listen, we were serving in the Caribbean, and they made us come back to Springfield. 
Now we're suffering for Jesus. Just telling you. <laughs> no, it is, uh, it is incredible to see the opportunities that God has opened up because we, we, we're, we're getting this work down not just in one nation of the world, but through the Ministry of Royal Rangers International, we're partnering with the national church with missionaries in over 90 nations of the world to reach and mentor the next generation for Jesus Christ. Over 90 nations of the world, men and women just like you, are being equipped and empowered to mentor their kids and youth for Jesus Christ. To, to see this next generation reach with the gospel. Uh, we work with the missionaries uh, like Jacob in there in, in Thailand and, and get to partner with them on. Uh, Pastor said they've been translating in the Thai language. Prior to being the directors, we were uh, served in, in the curriculum development. And, and so part of that was working with our teams that are doing the translation work and help them through the process. Um, you said you put the price tag at 35000 Same thing I could you just hear it. You know, the air leave the room. How's that possible? Well, the resources that Rangers provides to to equip leaders, and some of you are like, well, papers, resources. My wife and I, we were teachers to start. So curriculum is exciting. Okay. Let's chill the reaction we get. But it's it's more than just papers or or it is life-giving resources that we put in their hands so they can effectively reach the children in their language. The tools and resources, it's, it's, it's like a, a hammer in, in, the, in the hand of a, of, uh, of a construction worker. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the bow in the hand of an archer. It's, it's the tools that they need to effectively reach, to, to combat the enemy, to do the job that they've been called to do. And this ministry provides, we, I found out a couple of years ago as we were working, because we work with light publishers, they help us with some of the translation. And, and, and the volume of resources from weekly lessons to Bible studies to leadership lessons to our leadership training, the translation of Royal Ranger materials that, is, that, that we go through and we provide is larger than a fire Bible translation. It's huge a huge catalog of resources that we're putting in the hands of the national church to reach and mentor the next generation for Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? And that in their heart language, they're going to hear about God. And we, we are thankful that you are a part of that. You are reaching children in Thailand today because you invested in this ministry you invested in translation work. You invested in a camp that's there so that they can hear about Jesus. Why is this important? And, and if you want to open your Bibles to Psalm 78, I want to share with you this morning the message that God put on my heart. Tell the next generation. Tell the next generation. Psalm 78 will be there in just a moment. Why is this type of ministry important? Sometimes uh, we talk about rangers and, and girls' ministries and other things, and, and, and there's, there's a lot of titles. And, and, and the question we get a lot of times when we, when we go, whether we are itinerating or, or, or other things, sharing the word is, why, why this ministry? Why, 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 why would you do rangers? There's a lot of other things. Or, or you know, why would you go and camp? In the hot and sweat, 
bugs and all kinds of stuff. Why would you? And now sometimes it's fun, you know. Sometimes it's, it's you. You ask those questions when you got a car full of boys that have been camping for a week, and you've been riding on. They're in the car with you, or in the church van. Oh Lord, a church van full of, and they've been out in the hot and the sweat in the summer. And you're driving four hours back to church to take them to their mom, and you can't even breathe just because the haze in the car. You're going, why, Lord? Why? Was that uh, a few months, a couple months back, was that the Asia Pacific or, or uh, regional, each region has uh, leadership summits, and I, and I went to uh, be at the Asia Pacific one, and man, it was a great time. I thought, this is great. And uh, they actually held it in, uh, in, in uh, Indonesia. Oh, man, I'm gonna get to see Indonesia. That's that's cool. And so we get there, and and uh, it was it was a little bit warmer there than it was here, which I was I was okay with, you know, Caribbean. Okay. And uh, we get in the car, and well, the you know I'm the international director. Said no, 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 you need to sit in front. Your your place of honor. That was not a place of honor. <laughs> I'd have rather be sitting in the back with a blindfold on. <laughs> You're riding down them roads, and my prayer life went like, you know, here. Why in the world are we doing this? Why would we put our life? I mean, Thailand is, or Indonesia was one of the first places that I had to look both ways to cross the sidewalk. It was the motorcycles, if they didn't get the traffic they wanted, they just went on the sidewalk. You got close a couple of times. Why? Why would we sit down? We were in Curacao. I, I, I will never forget my first bowl of iguana soup. Scoop that up, and, and you know, they, they skin it and everything like that. But when you scoop that up and you see this arm hanging there, you're like, hmm. My favorite was the mondongo soup. That was that was a tough one. That was the cow stomach. And you, it's a little chewy, but good flavor. You know? And you're sitting in front of that bowl, and you know, I've got to eat this so I don't offend. Why? Why? Because, Lord, I'll do what it takes so the next generation has a chance to know you. I'll go where you send me so the next generation has a chance to know and serve you. I'll sacrifice and I'll give. I'll I'll spend time on my knees in prayer because the next generation needs to know about Jesus. And this is a call that's not new to us. It's, it's been one going for generations. We're just seeing it heightened, I believe, in, in this, this generation right now. There's a fight for the souls of this generation. From the youngest age, and, and we see it here, but it's around the world. Uh, there, there's a fight going on. There's, a, there's an attack from the enemy to steal the souls of this next generation, even before they have a chance. Why, why in the front lines is it, is it in the schools that they're trying to get this junk in that, and younger and younger it seems. And, and you see their television programs and, and different influences that these ungodly influence. Why? Because the enemy knows if we can get them while they're young, we've got them for a lifetime. And uh, it's been this pattern. There's a fight, but we have to be in the fight. We can't sit back silently and let it happen around us. We have to be on the front line to combat what the enemy is doing. In Psalm 78, 
the psalmist is writing it, and I believe gives us the, the key, the call to, to reach and mentor the next generation, to tell the next generation the why, the, the, the how to the why of why Royal Rangers is going around the world. And we do believe we're in 90 plus nations of the world, I think 91 or 92 right now. We believe in the next 10 years we're going to be in 100 plus nations of the world actively mentoring the next generation. And I believe, should the Lord tarry in every nation, every corner of the world in our lifetime, around 200 recognized nations and territories of the world right now. I would love to see Royal Rangers in the, every church and every nation of the world resourcing the church to reach and mentor the next generation in my lifetime. But how, how do we do this? How do we combat and, and, and see and fight what, what is going on around us? Psalm chapter 78, verses 4 to 7. says, We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. They, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set it hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. That's the why. Why? So that each generation should set its hope anew on God. Why would we go around the world so that each generation should set its hope anew on God? Why would we sacrifice some of the comforts and, and things? Why would missionaries uh, go to places like Thailand and invest their life and take their families and leave everything behind so that the next generation would set its hope anew on God? Why would we give and sacrifice in, in special offerings or in, in, through BGMC or Speed the Lighter or other ministries? And, and why would we, 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 we take away and, and invest into that so the next generation will set its hope anew on God? We want to see the next generation reach. And this has been God's heart from the beginning. But how? How do we do this? How can we as a church here, how can we as a church globally do this? And in Psalm 78, we'll go through quickly, I promise. Preacher's famous last words. First and foremost, the psalmist tells us, we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, His power, His mighty wonders. He issued His laws to Jacob. He gave His instructions to Israel. We must stand on the Word of God. The Word of God is the foundation for effective generational faith transmission. The Word of God is, 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 is our only foundation for effective generational faith transmission. We have to live and teach a biblical worldview. If we don't stand on the Word of God, we have no foundation. So in Royal Rangers International, in Royal Rangers in, in U.S., in, in our, these ministries, the foundation is the Word of God. We are teaching them from the beginning that the Word of God is absolute truth and that the, only the Word of God it has the power to save, the power to change lives, the power to, to revolutionize. Only the Word of God is the foundation. The next generation needs to hear the absolute truth of God's Word. They're being taught. Now, truth is relative. There's no absolute. 
It's, it's nothing new from the very beginning. What did the, what did the enemy say to Eve? Did God really say? Yes! He did! And we need to stand on it. To this generation, he's saying, well, did God really say? Did God really mean? And unfortunately, we have churches and, and believers who should know better, but are buying into this lie and this junk of compromising and say, well, maybe yes, maybe no, no. No, God's word is God's word, and we need to stand on it. We need to live it. We need to teach it, or we have nothing to stand on. And in Royal Rangers, from the very beginning, our foundation is God's Word. We are teaching these young men in, in Rangers International. We have a unique opportunity in that uh, we are in many places the first, if not the only, children's ministry. So 90% of our international program, we are gender-specific in a co-ed environment. We have boys and girls that are being reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ where young ladies are, are learning from women of God to be women of God, where young men are learning from men of God to be men of God, where, where, there, there's, where families are learning how to mentor their kids because mom and dad are in the church and work together. But we're teaching from the beginning that to be a man or a woman of God, you have to stand on the Word of God. And to do that, you don't look at the world through your... Or you don't look at the Word through the lens of the world and your opinions and your experiences, you look at the world through the lens of the Word. This is your filter. This is the clarifying for the world around you. Not the other way around. When you invest in this ministry and these resources, you're putting resources in their hands so we can teach children how to see the world through Scripture. And how they can build their lives on the foundation of God's Word. The psalmist knew we have to tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. And not just tell them, but we need to tell them with boldness. With boldness, we need to teach the Word to the next generation. We, we need to have the confidence. He, he tells us at the beginning, uh, we will not hide these truths from our children. Hiding truth seems to be a pastime anymore, doesn't it? And the psalmist, he put it clearly. We will not hide these truths. We have to be bold in our approach to the gospel. We have to teach it to the next generation in every chance, every opportunity we get, even if it's not comfortable or goes against our normal way. But see, this has been God's plan for generational faith transmission from the beginning. It said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 9, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commands I'm giving you today. It's the foundation of the word. We just said what the psalmist was saying. It's the foundation of the word. God alone, God's word alone. But if that's where it stops, we've missed it. I'll be honest. The church is one generation away from closing its doors. One generation can be strong and serving and believing, but if they fail to teach it to the next, it's one generation. It only takes one generation to reject the things of God 
turn their backs. Look at the history of Israel. You had a generation that served God, that loved God, and then you had a king come in who was an idiot. Sorry. And he rejected the things of God. And what happened? From one generation to the next, they went from serving and blessing to captivity. See, it's, it's one thing to know, but if we don't pass it on, what did he say? Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What's he saying? It's great. You have to know. First and foremost, we have to know it. We have to live it. We have to stand on it. But second and just important is we have to teach it with boldness to our children. This is God's word. This is what we're going to stand on. This is what we're going to live by. And I love that he says it's whether you're going in or coming out, you're putting them to bed, you're getting up, you're sitting around. You don't teach and do this and do what I say and not what I do. That doesn't work. It's I live it out before you, and in doing that, I teach you something we call mentoring or discipling, which is the core, again, of this ministry. We are teaching men and women of God how to live out the principles of God, and whether you're working on a car, building a boat, building a fire, or, 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 or whatever it may be, that you are taking every opportunity to teach the Word of God, the things of God, so they not only see it in you, they hear it from you, and they have that repeated to them over and over and over and over, so it gets down deep in them. We have to teach the next generation. And there may be some who say, well, my children are grown, I don't have it. That that's, doesn't excuse you. You got people. Maybe your neighbor. Maybe another child in this church pastor saying, getting ready to relaunch monthly the Rangers and Girls Ministries. That's awesome. There's a generation that needs what you have. And if you're not dead yet, you're not done. You have a responsibility until God calls you home to pass on the faith to the next generation and to do it with boldness whenever and wherever. Don't hide the truth. Parents, can I encourage you? Your kids are going to hate it sometimes. Teach it anyhow. Hold it anyhow. Stand on it anyhow. You are not called to be their best friend. You are called to, to be the guardians of your home to teach and model the Word of God. And, and, and you can do it with love, do it faithfulness. There were times my parents, I did not like what they had to say. And there were times we fought against it and kicked against it. But I'm standing here today because my mom and dad stood on the Word of God, taught the Word of God, lived the Word of God. And even when I didn't like it, they took the hard knocks as parents and said, you may not like it and you may not like us right now, but I'm going to fight for your soul. Stand on the Word of God. It will pay off. It will pay off. Why do we have the Word of God? Why, why are we committed to preaching with boldness? What's, what's the purpose? I love, love this. This is where we're, where we're going. Why, why is it so important to invest in, in ministries like this? To, to teach the children here to be involved in ministries, not only at, at Oak Grove, but in missions. So the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their children. So that 
each generation has set its hope anew on Jesus Christ. See, investments in ministries like Royal Rangers, Kids Church, like youth. Investments in missions. You're sowing seeds that you will never harvest. You're investing in a generation. Think about that. You're investing in a generation that has yet to take its first breath. This camp that's being built in Thailand, yes, it's going to bless the Thai church. It's going to bless those children now. But it's not being built for, for it, it, it's, I, Jacob and his family are going to see the, the beginning of it. But they're not going to see the fruition of it should Jesus tarry. Because that's going to long live, outlive their, their ministry. That's what, that's what we're building to. I'm believing as we go and we train pastors and we train teachers and we put resources in their hand, that we're teaching them and we're putting resources that I will never see this side of heaven because we're investing long term. Jeff Hartzenfeld, the Asia Pacific Regional uh, Director, he shared a story recently that I just loved. When they were in Indonesia, there was a tree farmer, and he went and saw his property and different things, and he sells lumber and different things. And, and there was one area of teak trees, teak wood, that just young saplings. Teak wood, the guy said, takes 30 to 40 years to reach maturity and be able to be used. And, and the gentleman told Jeff, he said, yeah, I planted those for my grandchildren. I'm growing trees that lumber I will never harvest. But I'm growing for their future. I stand here today as a result of the teak wood planted on my behalf. Our lives and ministry are a product of beneficiary of seeds sown before we were born. My great-grandfather and grandfather, my dad, my uncles, pastored in Oklahoma, southern Missouri, Illinois, all over. My great-grandfather was saved in 1917, one of the early pioneers planting churches throughout Oklahoma, southern Missouri, some in this area. But I've gone back to now, Grandpa died in 87. We were itinerating in 2017, so you do the math. 30-something years, maybe. I walked into churches my great-grandfather planted and now support us in missions. I've met people along the journey that said, your great-grandfather was my pastor. Your grandfather was my pastor. We're praying for you. We're supporting you. My wife's family pastored in South Texas and all throughout that area. Her dad was a decap down there. And we have churches that were in youth when he was a decap. The pastors. Why? Because they sowed seeds of faithfulness then. They didn't know, but we'd be re- reaping the reward now. And it reminds me that what I'm sowing now is not only going to bless my children, but their tr- grandchildren, their grandchildren. What we sow in missions, yeah, it, 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 it's going to be a blessing here. But listen, it's going to bless the generations you haven't even met yet. It's going to live on. The translation will be for those who haven't even learned to read yet. Missions is sowing seeds for the generations that are still to come. Ministering here, building here, there's going to be a benefit that you don't even realize. God sees. Why? For those who have yet to be born. Your investment in missions, your investment in God, 
It'll live long beyond. And why? What's the ultimate? So that each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying all his commands. How appropriate that at Christmas time, this is the focus. Because wasn't that the purpose? Jesus came. And even he, we remember he came as a babe and had this wonderful time of celebration. But 33 short years later, he prayed, Lord, not just for these, but all of those who will hear because of them. First missionary embodiment is not only for those there, but for generations still to come. And God's called us to continue that investment, to tell the next generation about Jesus Christ. To invest in missions and missionaries around the world who are going where we can't, but together they're extending our hands. Our new missions director used a phrase that just its caught me ever since. He said, we're the sons and daughters of the fellowship. It's not just partners. We're the sons and daughters of this fellowship. We are your family that have been sent out and extended. And those missionaries there They're you on the field. So that you are part of God's great commission plan to reach the next generation for Jesus Christ. So that together, here and around the world, the next generation will set its hope anew on Jesus. Would you pray? Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity we have to tell the next generation. Ask that you would sink it deep in our hearts. Lord, bless this church. Bless Oak Grove as they are uh, stepping forward in faith and in, in the new ways of reaching the next generation. Let your favor rest upon them in this community. As they relaunch and, and, and monthly the, the Rangers and Girls Ministries. Raise up those who will, who will partner with and, and volunteering and helping. Just great favor. As they've committed fresh and new admissions, God, let your blessing rest on this house. So that we can all be a catalyst in the next generation, knowing and serving you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Jeremiah, would you help me appreciate Jeremiah and Heather Embry? What a blessing. What a blessing. Oh. Absolutely appropriate that we do this. Thank you, Oak Grove, for, for doing this. Not only this, but thank you for sending Jake and Joanna. Thank you for sending the Dorises, the Anders. Thank you for sending the Julians and the Rojacks. Man, while I was there, got a new missionary that's just coming to Solomon Islands. And they want to start Raw Rangers on the Solomon Islands. I don't know if you've looked at the map lately. That's a long ways away. It's not easy over there. All you got to do is get on the airplane one time, take a trip. You say, you think you're just going to the Pacific, you know, luau. I mean, no, there's a lot of work to be done around the world. But to give the gospel in the hands of somebody's heart language, okay? And we know this is Fire Bible. We love Fire Bible. We do Fire Bible. Every year we give to Fire Bible. Every year. For the last, I don't know, 23 years or longer, we've been given a fire Bible. 
this is the, the Royal Ranger curriculum in their heart language. Don't have to be translated. Don't have to go through it. When they read it in their own language, they'll take it to heart. They'll teach it. They'll raise up another generation for the glory of God. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Heather. Uh, we appreciate you so much coming to Oak Grove today. Ushers, if you would, please, we're going to pray. You get in place. Uh, we'll give you a minute to, uh, to think about it. Finish writing your check to Oak Grove Assembly. This whole entire offering goes to the account number Jake and Joanna have to put it in their double uh, O or whatever they're going to do, in whatever account they put it in to get the work done. Um, I didn't get to go to the campground uh, when I was there in February. It's in Chiang, Chiang Rai. It's, it's a three, four, or maybe more hour. I don't know how far it is above uh, Bangkok. I didn't get a chance to do that. We did the Holy Spirit Conference. But we were at the church of the pastor that's taking it on, the Thai pastor. And Jake and Joanna, single-handedly, folks, can I just do a what if real quick? What if Jake and Joanna said no? What if Oak Grove said no? Aren't you glad people are saying yes to the call of God and going? And then you're saying yes to the call of God and giving and prayer? So praise the Lord. Father God, I thank you for this offering. I want you to take it, Lord, and use it for every child, every young boy, every girl. Because we know in that context, they're going to be training and teaching girls and boys. Much like you're doing now with the Together movement here in, uh, in the States. Pray you bless this offering. Use it for the glory of God. Use it, Lord. Raise up an outpost. We have three of them. Three of them. To put it in perspective, Lord, we are outposts at Oak Grove. We are outposts 153. And that now you can say we are outposts 156. Because we partnered with three other outposts in Thailand. How many more outposts can we start? Because of the generosity of your people. And at Christmas, the whole purpose of your coming was to reach, teach, and keep the next generation for the glory of God. Thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for the challenge from Pastor Jeremiah. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Brian, would you take this as Melissa and I's? Thank you, Old Grove, for sharing. Thank you for giving. We will let you know the total tonight uh, and or tomorrow or this week. It's not so how much. It's not so much how much. It's just the fact that you did it. And can I say a thank you for allowing Pastor to go? And, and listen, it wasn't a vacation in case you thought it was. So I said, what'd you do while you were in New Zealand? Nothing. I didn't go, I didn't go to the Hobbit house. I didn't even want to go to the Hobbit house. I didn't even want to see the Hobbit. Uh, that's a bad hobbit to get into. The kids, the MKs went. They went to the hobbit house and did whatever there was to do. I didn't go see the black sand beaches of Auckland, New Zealand. I went to a hotel, went to the conference room, and trained and encouraged our missionaries, your people, for the glory of God. That's what I did. And I want to say thank you for giving me that privilege. It's a long ways ago, but listen, there's no sacrifice on my part. The real heroes are already over there. And we doubled our missionary constituency in the islands of the sea. Okay? Before I got on the board uh, uh, and before Brian Webb, you know, introduced me to what's happening there, 
we added in like less than two years 25 missionary units to the islands of the sea. How many know that's incredible? We doubled the efforts. Doubled the efforts. Some of our missionaries are itinerating right now. They're not even there yet. So they'll be, this was the first term missionaries. The Julians were part of that. Not the Rojacks. They're getting on the last end. But watch this. The Rojacks, Brother Jeremiah, are coming back home to retire. But we sent one coming home. We sent the Julians. And they are there to take their place. And the Anders are there to take, not to take their place, but to keep this thing going. We can't give up. There's more missionaries retiring than there are coming in. We're retiring more ministers than we're sending, creating. That's why. And thank you, Old Grove, for being a sending church and and, uh, loaning your pastor for a week. I preached in the church over there. I got in the pulpit and I said, good day, mate. They had no idea what I was talking about. I guess I learned that on Bluey, you know. I thought everybody was Aussie or New Zealand. It didn't work. But anyway, I preached the gospel and I came home safely. For that, I am very grateful. Thank you. Melissa, thank you for taking care of the house while I was out. And Chrissy and the staff, thank you so much. You entrusted us. And uh, and that hug came. Sister Anders, you, you, oh, she headed out. She came in late, left a little early. Brother Anders is not doing very well, Dean. That's what uh, his son is uh, is over there in Papua New Guinea. He gave me a hug to give her. She slipped out. But when you can give up your children to go overseas or your grandchildren, you know, that's quite the sacrifice. So keep them in your prayers. Let's stand together, would you? It's ten minutes left. I just want to see if anybody needs prayer. Our prayer partners are going to join me here. Come back tonight at six o'clock.